Talo for lover. Welcome back. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Suisuiki. Coming up. The Prime Minister has already made uh, a statement on that and I don't want to uh, add anything more to it. It's a new year and cracks are already appearing in Fiji's coalition government. Also, getting the shops up and running again will take probably a year. The investigation into PNG's riots is ongoing. And later on, it's really been a tough time, but yeah, we're glad that everything was done. Pacific women cricket players put their best foot forward. Explosive allegations of an affair between two cabinet ministers in Fiji is unravelling. Fiji's Deputy Prime Minister Biman Prasad is staying tight-lipped on allegations of extramarital affairs between the Education and Women's Minister who were on official business in Australia. According to blog site Fiji Leaks, the rendezvous took place during a three-day ministerial trip in Melbourne organised by the Victorian Parliament. The leaked images show Women's Minister Linda Tambuya allegedly admitting to getting drunk and high on marijuana and shared lewd images with Education Minister Aseri Ranjojo, who was dismissed by Prime Minister Sitiveni Ramboka for an unrelated issue on Friday. Alicia Foon spoke with Deputy Prime Minister Biman Prasad about the allegations, cracks within the coalition, all happening on the backdrop of Fiji's largest drug bust. The uh, coalition, uh, we've had a very uh, clear understanding right from the beginning. And despite all the rumours of fractures and rifts within the coalition, uh, you know, we, we have run the government you know, quite effectively for more than a year already. Uh, of course, in a coalition uh, government, as you know very well in New Zealand, uh, there are always, uh, you know, you once you decide to form a government, you elect the prime minister, and the prime minister has certain powers, and there are there are ways in which uh, the ministers uh, are to behave and do things, and uh, that's how the uh, prime minister has acted, and. Uh, uh, you know, it remains to be seen, you know, how uh, uh, Sudalpa is going to deal with it. But um, as far as we are concerned, the coalition uh, agreement is there. There's been a lot of uh, you know, dialogue between the leaders of the three parties, you know, which includes me as well. And so uh, any issues that arise as a result of decisions taken by the prime minister and uh, the government as a whole, uh, will be dealt with within the coalition agreement and the understanding we have as a three-party government. Could you directly speak to the allegations that have been uh, not only online, but we've we've also received um, evidence in regards to uh, Minister Tabuya and the Minister of Education. Do you have confidence well, in... Well, the, the Prime Minister, uh, you know has already made uh, a statement on that, and I don't want to uh, add anything more to it. Okay. Uh, the Prime Minister has yet to comment, um, so these are this is new evidence um, of messages. And... Well, I'll leave it to the Prime Minister to make uh, that call, you know, and, and uh, statement. Linda has called this. Uh, she hasn't directly responded to um, specific allegations, but she says it is fake news. Do you... Uh, back her? Do you back these ministers? Where do you stand on this? Because the people of Fiji, as a matter of public interest, are calling for accountability. 
Well, I mean, as I said, the, the Prime Minister is the head of the government. Uh, and as I said, the Prime Minister had already made a statement. And uh, uh, I'm sure if, if there is uh, anything new that he ha- has to add on it, he will obviously do that. So I'll leave it to him. Okay. But are you aware of whether or not the Prime Minister has spoken to these ministers? Is anything said, happening? No, I will leave. I will leave this matter to the honourable prime minister, and I hope you understand that. The allegations that involved the two cabinet ministers, an extramarital affair that happened whilst on a parliamentary trip last year, and it also involved Linda's admittance of uh, doing drugs. I wanted to give you the opportunity to respond. Would you like to see these ministers resign? Will you be taking these allegations seriously and further since said, the Fiji uh, police are investigating? A, this is a matter that I'll leave it to the uh, Prime Minister. And as I said to you before, Prime Minister has made a statement. And uh, if it is necessary, uh, I'm sure he will, he will make further statements on it. Thank you. What do you say about the seizure of methamphetamine and Fiji police's investigation? Well, when we, when we were in opposition, you know, obviously, you know, we uh, raised this. Uh, in fact, you would recall that the NFP in opposition at that time moved a motion for a national inquiry into the drug problem. So as a government, you know, we knew that we already had a problem. Uh, and obviously, you know, we had articulated this uh, in uh, Parliament, and uh, now as a government, you know, we are determined to deal with this. The Honourable Minister for Home Affairs, you know, uh, and the different arms of government, you know, police uh, and other stakeholders uh, are determined to to um, address this, you know, very, very serious issue uh, that uh, has uh, been a problem that we knew with the previous government, of course, you know, turned a blind eye. So as a government, you know, we are taking a very, very strong stand on, on, on this issue. So could we see more busts like this in the future? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, we, we, the police uh, are obviously onto the job, and uh, I'm very confident uh, that as a government as, uh, as, and our police uh, are... Uh, uh, working very hard to um, to find out, you know, how these things have ended up in Fiji and, you know, who are the people. So the investigations, I'm sure, will reveal this uh, in the future. Papua New Guinea's Chamber of Commerce is estimating the cost of the recent riots on businesses in the capital will come in at around the 1 billion kina mark. Investigations into the cause of the unrest are ongoing, but so too are political ructions in the wake of the lawlessness. Our PNG correspondent Scott Waide spoke with Koroi Hawkins about the current state of affairs. Yeah, recovery is obviously going to be, take a while, and uh, business leaders and the chambers of commerce have come with a figure of at least 1 billion kina uh, as the cost of losses. The progress of getting the shops up and running again will take probably a year a whole year two years at least to get the buildings up again where they were uh bigger businesses like uh, city pharmacy group that city pharmacy group has said that they will keep their workers on on a payroll at least for in in the interim keep them employed and that's going to be a huge cost for them 
uh, and they are, you know, they've expressed, uh, Sir Mahesh Patel has expressed that uh, we are willing to continue and resume business and come back with a bang, but we need government guarantees that our businesses will be safe and our workers' job security will be safe. On the investigation side, have anything started? Have you seen anything starting to crop up, both on the cause or even the, the unrest itself? Yeah, there's been a team put in place by the chief secretary, a five-man team, and they, their investigation, I believe, is ongoing. The assistant commissioner for police for NCD Central, Anthony Wagambi, was suspended last week. Uh, a lot of people weren't happy with that decision because he was, uh, I guess, one of the few people who was on the scene trying to contain the situation, trying to encourage his men and women to go back to work, and he's been penalized for it. The Secretaries for Finance, Treasury, Personnel Management, the Police uh, Commissioner for Police have all been suspended for 14 days. Uh, the Within the government ranks itself, the Prime Minister's promised a recovery package, at least 50% of the costs uh, as compensation from the government to the businesses. I, I don't know how, how soon that will happen. In Parliament, there's been a, a lot of movement. Please uh, update us on where how things sit at the moment. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about movements and there's been a lot of manoeuvring behind the scenes on the corridors of Parliament and outside of it. Uh, six MPs have resigned in the last two weeks. Uh, the, the Papuan bloc, especially led by uh, Keith Duhu and Sir Pukatemu, have resigned from government ranks. Uh, the last one that uh, resigned from government ranks was Belden Nama. Uh, so Belden has expressed that he's dissatisfied with the government and with the prime minister's leadership and he's, he's moved on uh, and moved to opposition ranks. Uh, there's also a lot of talk on WhatsApp groups that have been set up for what they call the Eastern Bloc, the Eastern Highlanders, the Chimbus, uh, the Lower Highlands Bloc. Um, the Lower Highlands Bloc, especially the Eastern Highlands, is an important province because uh, it, it has eight, uh, it has nine members of parliament, uh, second only to Morobe province. Morobe has 10, including the governor. Uh, Eastern Highlands has uh, nine, including the governor. So whenever there's an election, those two provinces, uh, they're, they're always the intention from political forces to either gather them together or destabilize. So with the Eastern Bloc talking, I, I don't know how far that will go in terms of uh, mustering the numbers and uh, going towards a vote of no confidence. But uh, there, there's this you know talk that's going on behind the scenes. Uh, the Prime Minister is confident that he will retain his seat. A lot of people are saying, yeah, but you know we want to see tangible changes. We want to see uh, actual uh, improvements happening in the economy, in 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 the you know social services and all that, uh, in the in in the business sector, uh, and and a lot of people feel that he's being supported within government ranks. There's not enough you know people talking about his removal. That, that's the general sentiment that many people have expressed. Mm, and and that's important coming up to uh, the end of the 18 month grace period, but also with the numbers the. the James Morapi still has a large majority in government, doesn't he, even with all of these these minor movements? Yeah, he's he's uh, he's expressed, uh, articulated a figure of about uh, 50, 51, between 51 and 54. The others are coalition partners. He's maneuvered around getting, satis basically satisfying coalition 
coalition members. So the defense minister has been changed. Another minister uh, taken, uh, taken up that spot. Um, he's tried to appease the public by removing Ling Stucky as treasury minister and taking over as treasury minister. Uh, the United Resource Party that belongs to William Duma has been given uh, a, a few portfolios or moved from one portfolio to another. So, yeah, a lot of political movement to shore up the numbers to satisfy coalition partners and, and appease the public, basically. The South Seas Healthcare Pacific Cup cricket tournament ended over the weekend on a high for the Papua New Guinea women's team, the Lewis. The Lewis successfully defended their title, beating Aotearoa Māori by five wickets in the final in Auckland. Moira Tulaipa Taylor attended the tournament and has the story. PNG's captain, Brenda Hoito, says it's been a tough competition and she's proud of her team. She says the team is also thankful for all the wonderful support it received during the competition. Families back home, yeah, our country members, everyone, yeah, we just want to say thank you to everyone for the support and love and, yeah, everything they've given us. It's, it's really been a blessing and it's really been a tough time, but, yeah, we're glad that everything worked out. This is the first Aotearoa Māori women's cricket team to compete in the Pacific Cup. To be part of the inaugural uh, first ever Māori team is, uh, yeah, it's just massive pride for all the girls and everyone involved. You know, you can feel how special it is in this sort of environment. So, um, yeah, it's been an absolute honour to be out there and leading it as well. That's Kerry Tomlinson, captain of Aotearoa Māori. She says one highlight for her has been meeting the other wahine from the Pacific region. On our dinner night and on our cultural night at the Poor Whakanaho, you know, that, those moments are really special and uh, we love that aspect of the culture being involved and to see everyone bring their own their own uh, Pacific Island flavour, we, we absolutely love that and those are going to be also some really cherished moments. Samoa, Vanuatu, Fiji and the Cook Islands were the other teams in the 2024 competition. Vanuatu came third, beating Samoa in the playoff and the Cook Islands won the fifth place playoff over Fiji. Vanuatu's captain, Selina Solomon, says it's been fantastic having the Cook Islands and Aotearoa Māori in this year's competition. When we had tournament a few years ago, we didn't have Cook Island and it was, you know, small amount of numbers and now we have Cook Island and we have the Maori team and I know they're not an international team yet but it's good to have them because they play lead cricket and it will only um, get us better to improve our game. The Nafanua is the Samoa women's cricket team. Its captain Regina Lili'i says having Aotearoa Māori in this year's competition and New Zealand cricket hosting the event has created a lot of exposure for the Pacific Nations playing cricket. Gonna hopefully um inspire a few young kids out there to pick up the cricket bat because um, New Zealand cricket have been doing a great job um, getting you know, our footage out there of all our games and trying to get as many people down to the grounds as possible. There were no wins for the Fiji team in this tournament, but its captain, Elisa Pefi Wangavakatonga, says meeting the other players who shared their knowledge and skills has been great for the Fiji team. It really helps. Uh, it helped us to develop uh, women's cricket in Fiji and also help our young players to come up and play in every tournament. The 
Diversity and Inclusion Lead at New Zealand Cricket, Andrew Tara, says the last few days have been a real celebration of culture. He says the Culture Night event was a big reflection on the kind of cricket that has been played. Uh, Lots of support, lots of laughter, lots of colour, lots of singing, um, and it's been great. And I think it's important that cricket is seen to be open to lots of different cultures. Um, And I think from a New Zealand cricket perspective... We want to see the growth of female cricket, not just here in Aotearoa, but across the Pacific as well. And that's one of the, one of the primary reasons we put our hand up to host this tournament. That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rndi.com slash programs. We're also on Spotify, Apple and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, to Fasui Fua.